0: 1-800 next step that's 1-800-639-8783 or text next step to 53342. new york call the 24/7 hope line at 1-877-8-hope and y or text hope and y 467369
1: welcome to another episode of Rue's kitchen I'm your host, Jason Madison, as always, joined by my co-hosts, Bethany Anderson and Anthony Mays. What up, guys? What's good? Yo, thought the kitchen might be closed forever during this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We got a lot more stuffing going on. I mean, we're talking about episode five, uh, Stand Still Like the Hummingbird. Uh, this is probably one of the most riveting episodes of Euphoria so far. Uh, You
2: know, it's funny It's funny that you say that Because um, people were so critical of the last episode And mm -hmm. even Dare (laughs) released a statement (laughs) About, like, you know, what's going on with the show And what the show is, like, possibly glorifying
3: Yeah
2: And this was, like, the perfect answer They should have just sat there and ate their food And shut the fuck up And let the season play out Before they had to say anything And what they said... (laughs) was um, the statement they released. They said, rather than further each parent's desire to keep their children safe from the potentially horrific consequences of drug abuse and other high-risk behavior, HBO's television drama Euphoria chooses to misguidedly glorify and erroneously depict high school student drug use, addiction, anonymous sex, violence, and other destructive behaviors as common and widespread in today's world. And it's like, yo, it, How? Do you guys right. feel like in any way that it's glorified?
1: I think there's a version that can be viewed that way. I mean, I look at Elliot's character and he doesn't really suffer any consequences for his drug use or anything like that. And and, and I mean, and if you look at it through a prism of a teenager's mind, also if like they're looking at Zendaya, like I think people just kind of want to emulate what they see people doing on TV. So I I don't want to endorse what Dara was saying, but I think that because these kids are so naive to what's going on in the world, like I think maybe there are some kids who are probably being influenced negatively by just watching the show and, you know, seeing all these different drugs that they probably didn't know about.
4: Yeah. I think that's it. Exactly. Is it's through the eyes of people much younger than us looking at this, it can be glorified. I definitely agree. Also, dare. Isn't that kind of dare's job? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. dare supposed to say? You, you <laughs> boy is dope? Like, no. They, yeah. like, they, yeah. This is why they exist. We wouldn't say that. We don't necessarily 100% agree, but like that's that's what they're supposed to do. I, yeah. I don't think of it as glorifying. I'm mildly horrified most of the time this episode especially but i definitely think that the way that it's shot and how beautiful these people are that's that's glorification the oc was glorifying high school you know euphoria is doing the same in some ways
2: yeah Yeah. and zendaya or zendaya um (laughs) how we choose to um, she says, our show is in no way a moral tale to teach people how to live their life or what they should be doing. If anything, the feeling behind euphoria or whatever we have always been trying to do with it is to hopefully help people feel a little bit less alone in their experiences and in their pain. And maybe feel like they're not the only one going through or dealing with what they're dealing with. In this episode, we got a, the perfect opportunity to see exactly you know what she means by that because it just starts off, the episode just starts off with chaos at home.
1: Yeah. Before we get like fully into the episode, I guess there's another part of um, this episode in particular that uh, I kind of agree with in terms of the dare thing. And as this was my favorite episode of the show so far, so I don't want to down it too much um, by the comment I'm going to make. But I think the fact that they don't show the consequences of what actually happens to addicts, um, the fact that she doesn't get arrested the fact that she's not actually overdosing and having to go through the hospital and de- dealing with the the really severe and traumatic aspects of drug addiction that they kind of skirt around that and make it a little bit more playful is kind of annoying to watch especially the way they do it in this particular episode police chase it's fun so like I enjoy it as a television viewer but as somebody watching you know from a human real you know reality standpoint um it feels a little false at times
4: okay. i have to agree I... with that because for me there's multiple times in this episode where i think all right she's out of get out of jail free cards this is it you know she's actually gonna have to face the music here
2: but in a way isn't that kind of what really happens in real life like, I understand it's a TV show, but in real life, you know, we have people who are using forever and they're just tearing up every relationship that they have in their lives. And it goes on for years. And here we are. We're just meeting Rue in her sophomore year of, of high school. I mean, uh, junior year of high school. And so this is just, you know, a span of a few months. Maybe they're showing like the long term effects of her you know behavior and the consequences she did OD. We did see her in the hospital. We saw, you know, from Gia's eyes, you know, her finding right. her sister, you know, unresponsive and she went through that, but you know, here she is going through relapse and we're getting a chance to see like what this is kind of month by month, what she's going through.
4: Yeah. We didn't see her going through this before we met her in the immediate aftermath of it. So I think this episode was yeah. important to give us an idea of like maybe what the first time was like, but even worse, but and also what you're saying of people with long, drawn out, unresolved addiction issues, but the way that this one particular episode was constructed, which we're gonna mm-hmm. get into. Yeah. It it's convenient. It's narratively convenient. She gets away at the end and she's gonna have these things after her, but it's more dramatic to have that string out
1: for longer, and that's what we're seeing here. Yeah. 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 She's she conveniently avoids all of the consequences in this particular episode, you know, and obviously it's a season of a TV show. You know, we mentioned this, you know, obviously it's going to come up with the Cassie and Maddie thing, how they string that out. So we know that they string things out for the purposes of television watching. Um, and yes, there are, To your point, there are people who avoid jail and severe consequences and live life as addicts for years, decades even. So it's not outside the realm of possibility, Um, but I think the picture that it paints uh, for people um, is a little bit more rosy, I guess I should say, than in most cases. I mean, let's get into it. We start in the house. Um, You know, we ended last episode. She was slow dancing. By herself, uh, imagining her father, uh, who had passed away, she uh, you know is is awoken to drama to the tenth power. She gets into it with her mom about her drug use. Her mom confronts her.
2: Her uh, mom was really cool about it. Like she was very calm. She approached Rue like, "Hey, I'm not mad at you. You know, Mm -hmm. I know that you're still using." And even with her mom being so gentle in her approach, it just it went from zero to
1: 100. Well, yeah, I mean, people who are drug addicts who get confronted never take it well. No, no matter how nicely they do it. I mean, even Ali asking her about the suitcase, which was, you know, even nicer than the mom. You can you could say uh, she took, you know, her reaction to that was was terrible. The only person that she almost treats with a little bit a small level of respect is her sister and that kind of went out the window in this conversation as yeah. well. So, yeah, she's uh
2: she immediately blamed her sister. Immediately.
1: Yeah. yeah. I um, really love
4: the way that this episode started and then unfolded. It was dynamically shot. We don't get the title screen until 15, 16 minutes or whatever. So this is essentially one long cold open in the house, kind of like a play setup. Yeah. And Rue, of course, starts with the gaslighting, starts with the denial. And then the moment that she realizes that the suitcase is gone, there's that first shift. And then the next one is the reveal of Jules, which was off camera, which I thought was incredible. It was incredibly done to show that she's been there like us the whole time hearing this, you know, not necessarily seeing it, seeing glimpses, but Rue is completely oblivious to that she thinks she's just at home that's when she's like kicking the door down and
1: getting Yeah, she nuts. went on, she went she went on her henry hill oh my. <laughs> uh, like how could you wear the drugs we needed that you know that's what it reminded me of <laughs> um yeah when henry hill gets out of jail mm-hmm. uh, and yeah they need some uh stronger doors in the bennett house because <laughs> for real dude <laughs> rule is what a hundred pounds, <laughs> soaking wet. <laughs> like, <laughs> how was she able to kick that door down? But yeah, yeah
4: I mean, physicality in this
1: whole episode—like, <laughs> she's
4: yo. an incredible physical actor. Who knew?
3: Yeah.
2: Yo, she and <laughs> those those four doors it was like she gave it three kicks and. In my, yeah. in my mind, I'm thinking, like, in real life, if this is to happen, she kicks it in, right? But yeah. the moment she brings her foot out, she's just scratched up all to hell. So I could yeah. tell, like, she kicks it in. They go into the room because they completely, you know... Because she probably really did hurt herself. They probably had to cut at that moment. Like, oh, shit, you probably really fucked your leg up. She gets right, right up in upsetting. her
4: mom's face. Yeah. yeah. like What are you going to do about it? Like, yeah, I'm right I, here. She said, but, you I know, can,
2: it was... <laughs> It was really interesting to see how she was just enraged. And when she realized that that wasn't working, it was like, then she starts to, you know, pout and cry and that didn't work. So it was like, okay, well, I'm mad all over again. And she just went through this cycle of rage and sadness, but it was in a manipulative way. You could tell like, she just really wants this suitcase. She needs to find where this is. And it wasn't until, you know, uh, Jules revealed herself that it was like, you know what? Fuck all this shit. Fuck you, mom. Mm. Fuck everybody. (laughs) And she just goes on a tangent.
1: She kind of does the the same pattern, uh, emotional pattern with Fez when she goes to his house later of manipulation and he's (laughs) not standing for it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that 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 Jules reveal was incredible. I was thinking, like, how big is their house? Because <laughs> she was walking down the hall, like, a, a couple scenes earlier, and I was like, yeah, you know, uh, she didn't notice that her and uh, and Elliot were there. And, um, you know, she immediately turns her ire to Elliot uh, before she starts to uh, dress down Jules and, you know, give her a peace of her mind, which, you know, I, obviously – that's a very complex situation. We don't know, you know, what Jule's true intentions were. Was it to absolve herself of some guilt she was feeling for hooking up with Elliot? Was it purely <laughs> purely altruistic to help, you know, her girlfriend uh, get clean? Um, but she had to know that it was going to be a very ugly conversation, and uh, she's, you know, to her credit, she's she sat there and took it like a champ. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It, seems really like she's, yeah, it seems like she's dealt with that before. It was like, you know what? I know she's going to say some things that she probably doesn't mean because of, you know, this disease that she's dealing with. So I'm gonna just sit here i and be patient and nice and kind through this entire thing. It just really seemed like sh- she was dealing with something familiar. That was sad.
4: I think Jewel did the right thing here. <laughs> I don't think she really could have kept this to herself for even even talking to Rue probably wouldn't have gone well i think she did the right thing she's out of her depth she goes to the mom the mom's still out of her depth but mom can try to help and
2: yo the, what, uh,
4: go, sorry, what, what
2: ruth said to her mom about like being old for two yeah well that's the, okay that's the thing
4: she she goes on this rampage that we saw we talked about it with ollie when when they had that encounter outside of of na and then she, she proceeds to just do that to every, like successively, every fucking person in her way. Yep. And it starts with Gia, who's already a mess because she already gaslit her before. Then it's the mom with the 0 for 2 thing. Like, well, Gia, I guess you gotta be a neuroscientist or go to space because otherwise mom will be 0 for 2 and she can't get away with the dead dead husband card. Not going to get it out of that one. Then the jewel thing, which is I've never loved you. I fucking hate you. I don't want to see you ever again. But the the thing about that one was there was the kernel of truth there. Wait, eventually came out. You left me when I needed you the most, and at the train station, which they've yeah. you know sort of addressed in those between episodes. But clearly, Rue was not over it, and like that that was the most valid part of the whole thing. The rest of it was kind of bluster, yeah. And then Elliot, you know. We don't know that much about Elliot. So she didn't have that much material on him to really rip his soul <laughs> out. But like, yeah, that and then and then I'm like, okay, all right, she's done, right? Like she, who, she's not gonna she's not gonna burn every bridge in town, is she? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah.
2: She, yeah. Yeah, she is. It was so weird. Like, you know, she goes and she literally like mushes Elliot in the head. Yep. And I've, you know, been reading some things where people felt like Elliot should not have been there and that he that people just don't understand the motive like why was he even there was he brought there because he cares about rue was it because jules told him like hey you need to come with me because you're the one who gave me this information um which i'm confused like did elliot know about the suitcase
1: right yeah i don't know Mm, like how do how do we find out about the suitcase well maybe he did
4: because they were doing those drugs together right right So yeah. he had she she must have
1: told him something. Oh, she
2: did because he was like, That's a good idea. Yeah, in she told him the about early the plan. Episodes. Yeah, yeah, she told
1: him about the plan before she executed it. Yeah, I don't know why the three of them, uh, meaning the mom, Jules, and Elliot thought it was a good idea to flush all Right. Of- Elliot
4: <laughs> should have stepped in and been like, Hey guys, this has street <laughs> value of about nine thousand dollars. We should maybe not dump this. Yeah. We should figure out where she got it or turn it over to the cops. I would say either one of those would have been a
1: better call. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a bad bad move on everybody's part right there. Um I guess it was probably just an emotional thing for them to uh get rid of the drugs.
4: Well, I mean, to be fair, she might have beat it out of them if they had it stashed. <laughs> right. like, right. If she could sense that there was any kernel that that
1: that suitcase is still around. Don't get between ruin a suitcase, man. No, seriously. Yeah. So, yeah, so then they get in the car, go to the hospital. I don't know. The hospital. I don't know how they got got her in the car in the first place. Um, But, yeah, she jumps out of the car midway to the hospital, starts running down the street, which brings me to the first moment of unbelievability. I would think that her sister would be able to tackle her or catch up with her or something. I mean, she's having withdrawals, right? Let's address that scenario, that state of being of her throughout the episode. She immediately goes into this withdrawal stage, which I don't know how long you need to be without heroin or whatever other opiates she was on to start enduring the severe withdrawal she was showing, but seemed to arrive pretty quickly. But yes, she's able to outrun anybody chasing her. And yeah nobody they don't go after her. The, her mom seemingly just ad, like abandons it once she jumps out of the car like oh well i guess you know hopefully she'll come home later or she'll you know start tracking her down at her friends houses. So yeah i just thought that moment was weird like this
4: is when it started to get a little ridiculous. Jason. Yeah. Like this was <laughs> yeah. the, like the first scene i thought the first scene in the house was like A plus like yeah. amazing shit yeah totally realistic like i was buying every second of it she gets out of the car and then we start you know the beginning of the ferris bueller but dark version right (laughs) but the there's no child locks on this car we can just get out (laughs) of the backseat of cars now also the mom lets it slip like what are you doing like just get there so like they just blew it and then and then she's on the run and then it's like all right so, we're off to the races here
2: but that was a really interesting scene in the car and i, I thought it was very really interesting how we couldn't hear the entire conversation right. how she it was said kind to of pretty
4: important out. before it went to the to the whispers mm-hmm. yeah. she's talking about the dad right or do you guys remember what she said exactly well she
2: was talking about like you know well i'm glad that you guys are taking me because i was planning on Killing myself, like she was giving herself time before she was ready to just be out. And in in my head, I'm thinking the amount of drugs that she had, she was planning on like managing it to the point where, when she got to her last bit, that she was just gonna take it all
1: and Mm, and, and kind of take herself out. Gotcha. Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. So, uh, so she starts her journey by jumping out of the car, running down the street. There's a lot of cars in the up and down the street, which I was like, they would have stopped for a person at that point. Like they're, they, I mean, obviously they're making it over dramatic. So now she's a uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> she's taking, yeah. she's taking on her, uh, her real life boyfriend's superpowers. Then she goes to, you know, go to Fez's house to see if he can bail her out by giving her some drugs. And then this is when she starts to do more and more heinous acts, you know?
2: Yeah. And I, I was so relieved that Fez wasn't home, that no one came to the door. Right. Because I'm like, okay, so, you know, she's either going to have to go back home, she's going to, you know, do something, but she kind of waits it out. She's like, does she like fall asleep outside of his yeah, place? Yeah.
1: she falls asleep, just curled up in a little ball, waiting for somebody to show up. I don't know where Ashtray would have been, but I guess that he's at the store with him or something.
2: Yeah. Uh, and so yeah. she takes <laughs> off to... Lexi's house. Woo!
4: Yeah. Right. I guess this is like the day after the birthday party or something. Cause everybody's still there for whatever reason. They did like a weekend sleepover, I guess. Right. Yeah. Well, it I looks mean, terrible. You got,
2: you got you got Lexi's mom who, you know, allows the girls to drink. So That's it's true. like shit. Let's let's hang house. out. You're right. Let's hang out over there.
1: <laughs> right. I'm and the cool mom. She's definitely <laughs> Suze is definitely the cool mom. I also want to say like I love this scene, by the way, but I don't think since Game of Thrones have I seen like online discourse about an episode of a show. Uh,
3: yeah, <laughs>
1: that, that, hit, that hit the decibel level that this this one did, and I think obviously this scene in particular uh, provided us with a few memes and uh, gifts. Um, but yeah, it was it was interesting. You know, the scene opens up, Rue comes in, um, Maddie gives her a big hug. That uh, somebody had mentioned online, like Rue's gotta smell like shit. Yeah, yeah. has <laughs> gotta like, and it's like you know you can't smell through the TV, but just like, um,
2: just you know, looking at her, she looked yeah. like she looked like she reeks.
1: Yeah, yeah. Girl. They were talking in the little post
4: post show uh, behind the scenes thing about how the makeup artist is like Zendaya would come in with their beautiful hair, and I'd have to make it look terrible. Day after day. I just have to try to make it look worse.
2: Shout out to Kim Kimball. Right. Iconic hairstylist. Um, With, (laughs) I was thinking, one thing that we really haven't seen too much of is Maddie and uh, Rue's relationship. Mm -hmm. Every time they're on screen together, Maddie, and I wanted to say this last week, I feel like Maddie is a good friend. Right. I think she's an incredible friend. She's always like, she notices what her friends are going through. Like when a uh, cat just didn't want to like get up and dance at the birthday party. And she like took it to the side, like, yo, what's really going on? Like, I feel like she's a really sweet girl. So when Rue comes in, she's like, Oh, Rue, Rue and gives her this big hug and this big embrace. Like she knows like her friend is, you know, she's a little messed up, but she cares about this girl. And we see later that in a way she kind of, she kind of, she believes she trusts Rue more than she does Cassie, and Cassie is considered her best friend. So, right. so we'll, and we'll seems, get to
1: that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think it's because, yeah, it has to obviously have something to do with their prior relationship, but also, like, she knows Rue's heart and, you know, the type of person that she is, and as crazy as maddie is like you said she's a good friend even though she has issues with her boyfriend like i think she understands her girls better than anybody else in the group you know so so yeah so Bruce going through her shit her mom shows up not shortly so, after before, but, but before first, we even get
2: there like yeah. sue is just like having this dialogue with rue and it it just seems so funny like you ever go to your friend's house like when you're younger and their parents are there you just have this like awkward dialogue you yeah. just want to go and like hang out with your friends you don't want to like have this conversation with this grown-up that yeah. you don't really have much in common with yeah it's but everybody's it,
4: first introduction to small talk b yeah, you know? oh i
2: hate it so much i hate small talk I, like that type how's of small your talk, sister how's your mom good <laughs> and it's like my kidneys <sighs> are about to burst <laughs> Can I use your bathroom and find some drugs perhaps? It was like Rue at this moment, she's so desperate that she doesn't give a fuck who she's stepping on to get what she needs. So she goes upstairs, she uses the bathroom. She can't find drugs. She goes to Sue's bathroom and she's rummaging through her shit, finds earrings and comes downstairs to see her mom is there. And it's like such a parent thing. It's like, (laughs) Hey, Rue is here. She looks a hot ass mess. And I'm sure um Rue's mom's like, oh finally, okay, let me get over there as soon as I can. And you know, here we are. It seems like every scene, Rue gets her face cracked. Like there's this egg on her face in every scene, but she finds a way to deflect to to escape whatever situation she's being uh held accountable in.
1: Yeah, yeah. She's uh, she's quick witted, she's sharp with a tongue, and um she uses all of that to her advantage. And she's smart enough to have been holding cards for this moment, you know? And I think that's part of her character as well is that, you know, she's like kind of this well of information about everything that goes on with everybody, but she keeps a lot of it to herself because she's always in this drug stupor. And when it comes time for her to have these, uh, (laughs) communal conversations with people, hers are not in the the light. Hers aren't at the party. Hers are in these terrible, you know, moments of anguish where she's just like literally spitting word vomit out and everybody else has to, you know, be the people to receive whatever's going on in her soul, you know? So, obviously, Cassie uh, was trying to be a good friend for a split second to Rue. It Cassie just spit out your generic motivational poster. (laughs)
4: Yeah. Don't (laughs) think of it as forever, Rue. Just take it one day at a time. Hang in there. Cat hanging from a tree. (laughs) Yep. And the look on Rue's face when she just Unleashes the bomb yeah. was so good. Oh my god! That's when I sent you guys the Miley Cyrus wrecking ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like she's just not gonna stop.
5: What's going on, guys? You know what it is—New Year, New You. I get it. I, 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 we all got it. We all have our New Year's resolutions. One of them is to eat better, right? You want to eat good food, but you also want to spend an arm and a leg and guess what hello fresh can help you with that they have endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable here's the deal hello fresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients to your door including far fresh produce that arrives within a week so you get convenience without skimping on quality Skip the trip to the grocery store, saving you those wait and those long lines, or these people don't know how to use a checkout thing. It drives me insane. So, I know what you're thinking. So what, well, me? I could just go to a restaurant. Guess what? HelloFresh, 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality. You could save, on average, over $65 per month. When you order HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping, that's more money to put towards those 2022 goals of yours. That's right. Whatever it is you're trying to do with that extra money, I don't know. Okay, maybe you open a savings account. Maybe your, your New Year's resolution is to save more money. HelloFresh helps you with that as well. I know going out to a restaurant, as I said, is inconvenient. Particularly, I got a big family, man. It's hard to get the kids in the car and go down. No, 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 no. Good to Hello Fresh at the house. They sent it to my house. We had all types of meals. The, these meals are easy to make, they're delicious. My kids love the pub style shepherd's pie, they also love the Bravo balsamic chicken, the sun dried tomato spaghetti. The list goes on and on. Get you some Hello Fresh. It's delicious, it is affordable, and it is convenient. So this is what I want you to do. Go to HelloFresh.com slash BOM16 and use the code BOM16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. Again, HelloFresh.com slash BOM16 and get up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. The promo code is BOM16. Hello Fresh, America's number one meal kit.
1: So yeah, she went scorched scorched earth and uh asked Cassie how long she had been fucking Nate Jacobs. Yeah, we got the reaction gifts <laughs> from Lexi, Cat, <laughs> and of course, uh Maddie turned into a ball of fire. You yeah. You know what? She, she was I... so funny
4: in the reaction <laughs> too.
1: Oh my My favorite
4: gosh. thing was like when she like she says like I feel like I'm gonna get violent or whatever, but then she gets up in Cassie's face and she's got the nails and she does the slow like, and it clicked so yeah. lovely. Yeah, such a nice little sound. That was great.
2: <laughs> but I don't understand. Like, of course, Lexi's sitting back and she's like collecting all this information and all the tea is being spilled and she's like, "Oh shit."
4: Yeah, this is my but play now.
2: As as Cassie um, and Maddie are, you know. Like they're coming to this realization, like, oh shit, this is really happening. Lexi's like, Oh, uh, Maddie, you want to go for a walk? Bitch. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? And this is happening to Cassie in Cassie's house, in front of Cassie's mom. And she's like, Can we not do this right now? We're having an intervention. It's like pfft.
1: Right. No, Girl. We, have- <laughs> we will have another
4: intervention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when Ruth's mom says, I don't care who fucked who. Yeah. There's bigger <laughs> stuff going on we got a serious situation take the take the sideshow to another room please maybe but it provides the perfect cover for rue to sneak out the front door because everybody's right at, all torn up about the love the other love triangle
2: which is weird because i'm thinking like okay so is gia outside waiting in the car Right. And Rue just takes off, and is you know she's probably in her phone on Snapchat or TikTok or some yeah, shit. Yeah, Gia, like she Gia see seems
4: pretty fried, and
2: she's exhausted. Uninterested, I would say yeah. the
1: rest of this episode, yeah,
2: yeah. and reasonably so.
1: <laughs> reasonably so, yeah. No, that that first part wore her out. So yeah. she's like, girl, go, go with God.
2: <laughs> even even when the episode started, and she's she realized like Rue was about to turn up, she put her headphones on like. Yeah, fuck this. Yeah, it didn't work I'm out too it. well
3: for
4: her, Unfortunately. <laughs> no, yeah. They no, weren't no. noise canceling. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. No. Rue runs out the front door after uh leaving Lex and Cass's house in a ball of smoke. <laughs> Maddie chases. Uh, Look Cass, over there. <laughs> Maddie chases Cass <laughs> up the the stairs. Which I mean, I really hope the next episode just starts off with what happens <laughs> right at that moment. Yeah, for real. <laughs> So yeah, now Rue is running around the neighborhood uh, looking for drugs, money, uh, jewelry, anything that can anything. be converted into drugs or drug money. And she comes upon, oh, no, no, First she goes to Fez's house again, right?
2: <laughs> she, goes she goes back.
1: She goes back to Fez's house. Uh, he's, he's home now. And she lets, he lets her in. <laughs> she says she needs to leave the bathroom.
2: You know what was really funny about this part is like she was there earlier, banging, going crazy, waiting for this man to be home. He's finally home. And he just answers the door like, oh, what's up? As the audience, we know like this girl is just out here ripping through the town.
4: just Like having a zombie outside. Yeah.
2: Bro. And so he just opens up, he, not knowing that he is opening up to the most chaotic, person and i think this was even more chaotic than it was last season when she was banging on you know the door and like calling all kind of names from outside in his mind he's like uh you know she's acting this is what she does whatever but you know <laughs> he he's also been... the
4: most conditioned to deal with her i was gonna exactly. say he's,
2: he's exactly. the world's foremost
1: crackhead detective <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah but at the same time he hasn't really been privy to the behavior that she's, you know, the drug use that she's been experiencing because she hasn't been buying from him. She yeah. got this suitcase and she's he really hasn't been, you know, interacting with Fez too much. So he doesn't know the extreme level of like the addiction and the withdrawals and the like everything that she's going through at this moment. And so he's like, oh, it's my friend at the door. And it's like, no, <laughs> I need some drugs really bad and Mm -hmm. he was so sweet with her like oh so oh yeah i don't have anything here you know ever since that situation happened i don't keep drugs at the house anymore oh you need to use the bathroom oh you need some pepto-bismol oh like she was just uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think even in the way that that he threw her out was like in the most loving like kind of a brother way like like yeah. like they really did that in the perfect way. I was like, oh, that was really sweet of him to like <laughs> escort her out in that way even though he like picked her whole body up. Well, she like, pushed
2: the fuck out of him. Yeah, like she yeah. really pushed him yeah, with no. all of her 100 pounds. <laughs>
1: right. She
2: pushed the fuck out of him.
1: He was like, "Nope, nope, nope. You got to get the fuck out of here." So, yeah. Like, yeah. super thankful for Fess. Yeah. It's super the, pr- it's, the it's the principle.
2: It's the principle rule.
1: Mhm. yeah and it's like he he explains everything to her in the nicest way in Mm -hmm. the most like reasonable way as well it's like even if you're a drug addict you're going through all this whatever like you will understand what I'm telling you right now like I don't hate you I don't I understand your problem but the what the way that you're going about doing it in my home right now is unacceptable you know yeah and so, yeah, she was trying to steal grandma's pills. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, how far across the line can you get, right? Like, and that scene. Yeah, oh, be- she
2: won't notice. Like, girl, right. that's fucked up. But that's also, you know, the writers putting us in the mind of what an addict must be going through in such a dire moment. This girl is doubled over in pain. You know, her organs are just <laughs> not, you know, working well with her. And this is what happens: people steal from loved ones, people steal from anybody just to get any sort of fix. Yep. So, yeah. So yeah, she's she's put out, and um, then we go on this weird journey with Roo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. We're, we're we're now we're now we're graduating from burning all your bridges and hurting <laughs> those around you to just hurting random people and yeah. committing crimes. Yeah, also, these
1: people need to get a better garage door. Yeah also
2: Yeah.
1: What? I mean it was just by chance that they're uh going out, you know, got canned in 5 minutes mm-hmm. flat. <laughs> but yeah, so she runs around <laughs> the neighborhood, finds a couple who are leaving to some gala for the evening. She's able to steal jewelry from the woman's uh jewelry yeah. ra- drawer and then miraculously figures out the combination yes. to the yes. safe. These people are
4: simps, Jason. <laughs> yeah. They have a shitty door. Yeah. They never change the factory setting on their safe. Yeah. And, a, and they're really slow on the draw. Because then they get home and he finds her under the bed and the woman and says, screams. get your
1: gun. <laughs> no gunshots the, fired. She's running out the door. That was the part that bothered me the absolute most about this episode. I mean, yeah. when she was discovered underneath the bed, he's by the gun, which is in the safe, it's literally like one inch away from him. She's able to leave the house and they don't call the cops. They don't try to tackle her or lock her in a room or anything. She's It it just didn't make any sense because when the cops show up, in two scenes or you know two minutes later i'm like oh they're going to recognize her there must be a call out there's a girl who's right. not wearing yeah. a mask very distinctive <laughs> hair yeah and they just were like oh look at this nice young lady does she need a hand <laughs> like and are, th- are these
4: <laughs> the first cops we've seen in euphoria
2: it feels uh, like it
1: maybe hi
4: maybe. miss <laughs> what can what what finds you on this street late at night?
3: Can we yeah.
1: <laughs> can we offer you transportation home? <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. So yeah, I, I don't understand why those people didn't call the police, why the police didn't immediately discover, you know, Rue and where she yeah. was, who she was. That just seemed like, very, very odd.
2: She got away with the jewelry, she got away with the cash, no dogs chasing after her, like nothing. Yeah, they is show happening. the dog,
4: but then the dog is nice.
1: Yeah. Super sweet,
2: big ass, and useless. Then, no,
1: okay. <laughs> useless. <laughs> and then like those sips, you know, like, <laughs> train were, your guard dog. There was only $2,000 of cash in the safe. Right. Like if you have a safe, you're going to keep in a manila envelope, like, there's going to be at least $2,000 for <laughs> a rainy day, Jason. <laughs> yeah, like, what? It didn't make any My sense. My life savings. <laughs> to me at all. <laughs> you got this nice-ass house, but, oh, we got to keep two grand in the safe just in case uh, the world ends.
2: That's so. really funny. Beautiful <laughs> home, all this jewelry and Gorgeous. all this cool shit. Yeah. You have a dog, you have, <laughs> and you have a gun. And people are still able to come in your shit, still, and leave unscathed. Like, when no shots fired, Yeah, nothing. with the
1: cock. Yeah, like, and not even, like, people, like, a, a tiny girl. <laughs> like <laughs> It's
2: not like it's some huge guy, like, yeah, oh, shit, no. you know, let's run, hide from the burglar. No, no. You could have right. literally just grabbed her by her little-ass <laughs> wrist. Like, a high, a high I'm calling 911, Okay.
4: Yeah, then, then the cops chase her forever. It's a <laughs> long chase. It's very Ferris Bueller-esque, except instead of bouncing off trampolines and flirting with beautiful women sunning poolside, she's breaking tables and ruining birthday parties and causing traffic accidents. Like, the wake of destruction that she leaves in this particular chase takes her damage from way beyond her close circle to... Much anyone in her way. Right. And then that oh. takes her to the sweetest little drug dealer in the world slash sex trafficker.
1: Don't don't forget about the cactus, uh, the cacti.
2: Oh my god, <laughs> yo. <laughs> <on a> cactus? <laughs>
1: yeah. She
2: jumped, she she jumped on a grill to hop a yeah. fence. Yo, I was like, uh, this this episode was it was just such. Like, I think we needed that break because of how heavy the first scene was. And then she's, you know, Mm. dropping the bomb over at Lexi's house. You know, she's trying to steal drugs from Fess's grandma. I think we needed, (laughs) because I had to pause it. Once Zendaya, or sorry, once Rue is, you know, she opens the safe and she's like going through and the music is playing. But when the music stops and you can hear that the couple's back home, I was like, oh, shit. Like, and I, I paused it and I saw there was still like 30 minutes left. I'm like, what the fuck? I need a break. My yeah. anxiety is on 10 right now. I can't take it. So I absolutely needed the scene of her running from these weird ass, out of shape ass, like the dumbest cops you've ever seen. Like, what, what, what are you doing?
1: Yeah. I, and then they had like multiple police cars, but they <laughs> they couldn't find her in like this, Whatever square block radius that they're like trying to get her, and then they just give up. But well, I think oh. that's
2: that's normal though. Like I think that's what cops like. That's what, how they really are though. They're not these you know Captain Americas running around and scooping people up and saving the day. No, they're just out here fucking up just like everybody else.
4: <laughs> not yeah. checking trash cans. That's what they <laughs> at all?
1: Yeah, no. The cops go in a trash can. <laughs> Yeah. The cop car pulls off and then immediately after the trash can tips over, which was like, it was silly, but I did like that. You know, it was like, I like, you know, it's like very Charlie Chaplin-esque t- type of physical <laughs> comedy with that. Uh, but yeah, she ends up at Lori's house and Lori seems to be ready for her, almost yeah. waiting, waiting for her She's arrival. like,
2: Ruby Bennett. It's like, yeah. what? Okay. So Everybody you know, know my person whole name. Lives.
1: I you know my own man, girl. <laughs> that's a little strange.
2: I didn't go back and check, but when she went, you know, with her whole proposal for you know getting these drugs from her, did she introduce herself as Ruby Bennett?
3: No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
4: Mm-mm.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. So. That's, what we, that's what we call a
4: background check.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We thought that she was just uh, aimlessly giving her ten thousand or fifty thousand dollars worth of drugs the other time, and. That that's seem- the other
4: thing. The the confidence with which she offered the 50000 Yeah, Yeah. Not
1: yes. worried. Yeah, she. it seemed like she knew she was going to get that back in blood uh, mm-hmm. somehow, some way. Or Zendussi. as, as the, the tweets have said. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like she has other plans for Rue uh, um, and has <laughs> since she first laid eyes on her.
4: The actress, the calm delivery that we've talked about when she got introduced yeah. was, was amped up to an amazing level in this particular scene episode, but I figured out what it kind of reminds me of, which is breaking bad, how they would have drug dealers mm-hmm. that are more nuanced and less traditional. Mm-hmm. We expect all the drug dealers to look like that guy mouse who got murdered in Fez's right. house. Right. But when you when you just put a good actor in there and just kinda build the character around what they look like and how they talk and then just still have them be equally scary. Yeah. You know, yeah. They yeah. can ha- they can have the henchman who's a giant skinhead, but she can do it all with her language and like just her tone. It's yeah, terrible. it's kinda
1: like Javier Bardem in no country a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, Similarly, the, yeah. It's almost scarier, right? When the person uh, has that deadpan approach because it they have a soulless kind of attitude to, about themselves that you're like oh this person is capable of literally anything <laughs> like and we'll go on and you know just sit in the the massage chair after that so oh
3: yeah
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> slowly you know, lift her feet up yeah yeah you,
2: know, you know we kind of got a little bit of a backstory on laurie and you know how she became right. who she became uh, well she said she was a teacher she was married she had you know she had a like normal the perfect life, life she got
4: addicted to oxy and a-
2: after an injury a sports injury mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she didn't know you know how much she needed the drugs until she didn't have it so she was empathetic in that sense she could understand like rue was in pain but she had you know other motives and they were coming out but rue was just so in pain that she wasn't hearing of all the creepy shit that she was really saying, like, oh, I knew you were gonna be in my life for a long time. It's like that's insanely that?
4: creepy. She also says that women have a built-in <laughs> way to pay for things, which was insanely creepy. Mm-hmm. And and then she teases the thing about the well, I, I have some morphine, but it's intravenous. And you don't do that, do you? You're not you're not ready for that yeah. yet, are you? Draws her the bath and and then just horrifically. Injects her with morphine. No, that was so in painful. The tub.
1: That was so painful to watch. I don't super, know. Super,
4: super, duper scary. But this is where I want to draw the comparison to Nightmare Alley, Jason. Okay, is so be in that in this movie, uh, Bradley Cooper joins a carnival. He runs away and joins a carnival. He becomes a carny. One of the carnies is Willem Dafoe, who has an act where he has a man who's kept in a cage and he like brings him out. He calls him the geek and he throws him a chicken and the man eats the chicken live. And then he just puts him back in the cage until the next time. And there's a whole monologue, which is by far my favorite scene of the whole movie where he's sitting down with Bradley Cooper and he explains in long detail how he gets someone to be a geek because the geek is not born like a freak of nature, like a bearded lady or something like that. It's a person. And his process essentially involves finding an alcoholic, dosing them with opium, and then putting them through withdrawal. And so we have Rue here in withdrawal. Yeah. And Lori is Willem Dafoe. She's she's making Rue her geek. Yeah. And the the great line, the the payoff of the monologue is. You know, you take it away, you make them think about it while they're going through withdrawal, which is going through hell, as we talked about in this episode. And then you toss them the chicken, Dale Geek. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, I, when, when you said it, I had to think about it for a second. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what is going on. And she kind of got set up in a very similar way. You know, she knew she didn't give her the same monologue the first time they met. Obviously, it was Fez and, you know, and his drug deal. but. You know, she's kind of been explaining the drug trade and everything to um, Rue, you know, like in a way of almost like I'll allow you to if you can make it be an equal and, you know, participate in this way. But I see your story for what it is and I know how it's going to end up. So when you come back here, you know, basically this is what's going to happen. That's yeah, what happened to Bradley Cooper. Um, I actually looked up Geeks. Because I didn't know that much about it before I saw the film, it was like a big thing. Is it, they like make reference to it in The Simpsons and a bunch of other stuff, like in popular culture, which I never, I guess, I just never paid attention to. But yeah, it's a very interesting aspect of like carnival life or even entertainment. Like it's kind of has a similar message of like I don't know if you guys saw the Dave Chappelle special where he was talking about being a pimp, or he was like relating uh, the iceberg Slim book having like a briefcase full of money and it was like this whole thing. I won't tell the whole story, but basically it's the same thing, right? It's kind of like you tell somebody like, Hey, if you go down this path, like you can end up one of these people. I know you're going to go down this path and I'll have the fucking drugs for you. And I'll be, you know, basically you're fucking Satan, like walking you through the nine circles of hell. And as she puts her in the bath, that's kind of what it felt like. It felt like she's like Dante and like, you know, she's going through a circle of hell. And when she's putting the needle in her arm, it was just it was hard for me to watch. You know, like as much as I love the episode, the verbal abuse and the stuff that I saw in the first part was not that hard for me to watch, which I felt like for a lot of people it would be because of how hard they were going. But when I saw her put the needle in her arm, it, like I had to turn away. You know, and that was like that physical pain and that border that she hadn't crossed. Like she had never shot up. She didn't do, you know, intravenous drugs like that. I mean, she m- makes mention when she's in the hospital of, you know, having, you know, certain things that they give her that they administer at the hospital, but it wasn't like her shooting up. And so now that she's crossed this line, it feels like we're going to see her get into an even darker journey, you know, kind of like we obviously, Faye, we see her. As somebody who's already on that path and how, you know, dark and weird her life is, it seems like Zendaya or or Aru's journey is headed in that direction. And also, yeah, when she doesn't pay the money, she's going to be sold into sex slavery. Yeah.
2: So when I was 17, I had like a really bad like bladder infection and the doctor gave me some medicine. Come to find out I'm actually allergic to it. So I was in so much pain. My mom thought I was like being really dramatic. So I ended up calling my cousin. She took me to the ER. They gave me morphine and the immediate relief that I felt I was able to see, like, I was able to understand in that experience with Rue, like being doubled over in pain to have morphine into her system and to immediately relax. And she, like, I fell asleep. It put me out. I probably slept in the ER for like three hours. And so for Rue to be knocked out and she kind of, you know, she's asleep and she, we go through this whole scene of her, you know, kind of going back into her childhood. And we get to see, you know, her dad and little Rue and little Gia, you know, all these experiences because, you know, she gets to experience being close to her dad when she's unconscious in that way. It really took me back to being 17 and being given morphine and knowing like that's real. As soon as it enters your system. It is a euphoric. It is a instant relief that you feel and experience.
1: That little girl that played Baby Rue was so cute. So cute, <laughs> like adorable. Was, yeah, I was like, oh, look at her with the that, them doing the, the bath and the the uh, washing the hair and all that. I was like, yeah, this is sweet. They just took us out of the most hellish, evil, crazy place and put us in the most cute adorable situation but that's kind of like what you're saying right you know like when you get that injection it goes straight from heaven to hell i mean from hell to heaven yeah so and
2: and yeah and so you know laurie is telling rue that she doesn't have anything for her she absolutely has something for her to help her with the withdrawals she opens the suitcase and she has all the shit right there but she's like you know what duh I'm about to give her this morphine and knock her the fuck out.
4: She's gonna get her into needles. Is what she's gonna do. Yeah. Yeah. So look, guys. She goes in the bath. She has a little dream sequence. But all I could think about was how there's that shot of the camera going down the hallway and showing us the locked door. Yeah. What's behind the door and all that. And she wakes up in that room and the window's blocked. I'm like, she's locked in a room. Call Liam Neeson. Who got taken. He's the only one that can help. But then they lost me again, Jason. Because she just sneaks around the house and gets out. And she's dropping keys. And the bird is The birds are cockatooing shit. <laughs> like she yeah, goes in like- their room and sneaks out their bathroom window and then drops 12 feet. We should have broken her ankle there. I was and like all no, she's been through.
5: And it those was shoes. one long
4: Converse commercial, B. Yeah. So I ordered my pair immediately after. I don't know about you guys, but after seeing what Rue was able to do, yeah. I'm doing drugs and I'm wearing Converse. No one <laughs> could stop me. Look out, world.
1: Me and robbing awesome. houses
2: and getting money and jewelry. No consequence.
1: Right. Yeah, I was like, are all these people in the house on morphine too? Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> 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 You couldn't have made more noise. It's like that. Uh, I know you guys seen that picture of, uh, it's like the, the, verbal meme of like the the cake what's the the cake container that makes all the noise oh yeah yeah (laughs) she's basically doing that like opening a pound cake from bonds like she (laughs) like she drops the keys on the floor she jiggles the lock she's like you know she then goes in the bathroom opens the the window she's like trying to quietly sneak out i'm like how the hell like and also if Lori locked all of these doors to make sure that she couldn't get out, why would she leave the bathroom door open? Why would she leave her door open? Open. Why not just lock her room? Yeah. Like that didn't make any sense to me. It's like, you're obviously intentionally trying to keep this person in the house. So like, why give her uh, out? So that was just strange, but yeah, she's able to safely escape. But I think the purpose of that was more narrative because the whole time I felt like, you know, she's going to get out, but it's not about, her getting out is that she's going to bring herself back there. You know what I'm saying? She doesn't yeah. need to be trapped in that place. She's coming back willingly, you know? And that was the feeling that I got. And I was like, oh, that's interesting how they did that because they make it seem like, oh, we got to get her out. It's like, give it a couple episodes. She'll be yeah. knocking on that door.
2: Right. Yeah, she, she kind of felt a bit safe with Laurie. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, this this big man is asleep and I can't wake them or I'm going to be, you know, in trouble. But it was like she experienced a little bit of safety with Laurie with the whole bath and feeling the immediate relief of the morphine that she administered.
1: But I will say this, though, too, like about that scene, you know, because the the anxiety I felt about that scene brought some ideas that the show hasn't really dealt with too much. Uh, which is like rape and sexual violence. The show, you know, the most of the sex in the show, or I think all of it pretty much so far has been consensual.
4: Yeah. There was um, just that thing with Nate and Maddie with the, the blonde
1: dude that he beat the shit out of. Cause she told Nate
2: yeah. that
1: right. he right. took advantage yeah. of her. Right. But yeah. And that scene was the first time I f- I felt any type of anxiety about sexual violence happening on the show and you know it seems like they're also kind of setting that up in a, in some sort of way between you know Lori's guy and and Rue obviously we hope that doesn't happen um we yeah. we don't want to see her you know become a victim of sexual violence because of her her uh drug use or uh put herself in a predicament where she's trying to repay the drugs by letting you know people take advantage of her sexually so you know, that's really kind of what I left the episode with—is like the fear of that happening to Rue and not wanting to see that be a part of her story. I would much rather see her go to jail <laughs> or a hospital, <laughs> or something, you yeah. know. Um, so, you know, I don't know what lessons that they, you know, and Sam intends to teach her, uh, get get across for the rest of the season. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they deal with that moving forward. Um,
4: yeah, that was the hardest part for me was trying to figure out where they wanted to take this in the long run
1: because yeah. if yeah.
4: they if they kept her as a sex slave that is this is a different show that is a crazy different show exactly <laughs> yeah. like we're in a whole different world you know that is breaking bad i'm sorry like that's like season four of breaking bad or something is that level but yeah what i think this episode did was show us all of the stakes i think some of it is embellished i think some of it is a bit you know almost cartoonish in execution but The stakes are there and we were worried about her paying this woman back money. And what would the consequences be? And now we know what the consequences would be and they've been elevated and we're still worried for her. And come on, man, like the cops have to be like showing up at her house tomorrow. (laughs) Something. Somebody's got to know there's gotta be some sort of consequences for her. So whatever, however Rue decides to face the music. Hopefully there's a kitchen.
2: You know what? It looks like the next episode is going to be focused on consequences for everybody. Everyone is about to face some sort of, a you know, it's, everyone's going to be held accountable to something. Well, we got Cassie, we got Nate, we got, you know, Cat and Ethan about to have a conversation about whatever the fuck. For the
4: first time this season? Yeah. Yeah,
2: for the first time. Damn.
4: The cat scene,
1: cat scene, cat scene. She
4: had one you line in this that? episode. The internet was clear to remind me of that, but Then I saw all kinds of shit like, well, maybe you know, Barbie Ferrer is beefing with Sam Levinson on set, and that's why she doesn't have any lines. Like, really? I don't know. I don't know, man. Seems like a rumor to me, but
1: seems like they marginalized the character. That's all it seemed like. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I'm excited for the cat scene. Uh, Speaking of the kitchen, the show, the episode ends with uh, Rue's mom sitting, if not in the kitchen, kitchen adjacent, (laughs) and yeah, we seem to hear Rue coming back in the house. I'm interested to see what is the other side of the conversation that they had that morning. You know, what's the type of energy that Rue's bringing in the house when she comes in the house? You know, I, I'm, I'm really curious about that. Yeah. What's it going to be like
4: when she talks to Jules again?
1: Right. Yeah.
4: That's going to be a lot to unpack. Are, are Jules and Elliot just in a little <laughs> love spiral? They're both feeling sad and, and hurt. And so they just kiss each other more or something. What's going to happen there? <laughs>
1: yeah that's man yeah and it looks like the the dream of their throuple is kind of dead now right uh, sure yeah. seems like it jason yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah that's, that's you a have wrap. a
1: nose for truth <laughs> yeah well it was fun while it lasted guys
2: <laughs> yeah and so in the preview for the next episode we got maddie holding that disc and she's contemplating yeah. what she's about to do wasn't there a so- shot
4: of a disc with a gun yeah. I yeah. So. All right. <laughs> yeah. Turn up. <laughs> <Yucks>. <laughs> so so we're finally gonna get back to the disc. Cal's in trouble, even though you know he, he pissed all over the foyer last episode. He's gonna have to answer to this disc. Yeah, we got we got a lot of pot simmering right now after this last episode, but we're here doing the work in the kitchen. Providing you with the podcast. Jason Madison, Bethany Anderson, I'm Anthony Mays. We'll see you next time.